Happy New Year, Winnipeg Jets fans. It has been a crazy weekend of action against the Minnesota Wild. The Jets have swept the weekend, but it wasn't without a fair share of drama. We'll get into all of that and the craziness against Minnesota on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, Jets fans, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Now, like I said, obviously, uh, <laughs> welcome to a, a special New Year's episode, I suppose, New Year's Eve episode, where, you know, wherever you are in the world. Uh, hope that you know, 2023 has been kind to you and that, uh, you know, 2024, even if 2023 maybe wasn't what you had hoped for, you know, this upcoming year brings you something nice. You know, obviously it's been uh, for a lot of folks, probably a little bit of a turbulent year. I'm hoping that for all of you, though, things have been going well. Your friends and family are doing well. All of that fun stuff. Uh, I will say that 2023 has been pretty good to the Winnipeg Jets. And especially after a couple of games this past weekend, Winnipeg is probably riding the high of its life. We haven't seen a Jets team that feels as good as this one in a long time. And look, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Jets don't clearly have a couple of issues. Obviously, special teams are, you know, a bit of a concern. You know, the power play and PK haven't exactly ignited things as much as we wanted them to recently. But hey, you know what? In the past couple of games, the Jets actually found themselves a power play goal, and you would be surprised to know that the Jets' power play against Minnesota at times actually looked really dangerous, even if it didn't always score. But uh, these two games, right, I think we saw a couple of very fun things. For one thing, these two teams officially hate each other a lot. Uh, there was a lot of bad blood, probably more so on the fan side than anything. Uh, a lot of social media dramas over, you know, the first game where uh, Kirill Kaprizov took a couple of cross checks from um, Brendan Dillon in the corner. He did retaliate with a pretty hard cross check of his own, and after that, ended up missing the rest of the game. And Minnesota fans, I don't know what it is that they really think the Jets are up to these days. They seem to think like we have some sort of uh, plan to assassinate Kaprizov or something. I think it was because Stanley fell on Kaprizov last year and injured him. I promise you it was not malicious or intentional. Stanley is just kind of awkward and, you know, quite frankly, a bit of a giraffe on his skates. So when he falls, it's kind of like a tree falling on your knees. So, uh, yeah, was not really intentional. And, you know, Dylan delivering a couple of cross checks, obviously not great, but this is the sort of stuff that actually happens all the time in games. And even in today's game against the Wild, we saw uh, Ryan Hartman, who you know famously tried to kill Nikolai Ehlers last year. He cross-checked Perfetti in the mouth on a face-off, and it was very intentional. You could tell 
no mistaking it. So, like, let's not put anyone on a pedestal here. There's no moral high ground. These teams are going to take shots at each other, and it's just part of the game. It's unfortunate that Kaprizov got hurt, but that is sort of the nature of the beast. Uh, and Minnesota, let's be real, right? Not exactly a team known for having the uh, most saintly of players. We've seen plenty of, you know, boardings and runs from guys like Felino and Hartman over the years. The Jets have had their fair share of questionable hits. Wouldn't say the Jets are really all that goony these days. Uh, generally speaking, Winnipeg plays a pretty clean game, I would say. A couple of questionable hits. Obviously, there was the Shifley one on, oh gosh, I don't remember who it was, um, the Habs player uh, uh, a year or two ago. So that that one was pretty bad. But usually, that stuff's pretty far, you know few and far between. Um, but for some reason, this whole thing really boiled over, and it was kind of the main storyline out of these games. All this drama, which was really funny because the Jets won both, and yet I think the only thing that people really took away from it was that apparently uh, Minnesota fans really hate the Jets. Like, they seriously hate the Jets. They got their shorts in a twist. We even saw, you know, Winnip or Minnesota media chiming in on it. If you saw Michael Russo's tweets uh, and, and statements about what was going on, you could tell that he was probably not pleased with some of the responses he was getting from Jets fans. Quite a bit of uh, banter, as the football fans will say. But yeah, I mean, let's kind of step away from the drama, right? The The reality is the Jets just generally outplayed Minnesota. The second game, not so much, but the first game, most definitely. The Jets owned the um, expected goal share. They were the more dangerous team. And honestly, in the second half of game two, Winnipeg again began to take over. And I really appreciated that, you know, the depth scoring stepped up because like the top six uh, was not able to capitalize on as many opportunities. The first line hasn't scored in a couple of games, which is kind of funny because they were red hot for like five or six, and yet they are still by and large owning their shifts, right? Even if they're not scoring, they are still controlling play. They are still uh, excellent so far. It's it's not really something that I'm particularly concerned about. You did think that at some point they would probably have a couple of games where they went a little bit dry. I don't expect that to last. And that's where having, you know, really talented depth can kind of, you know, shore up the absences and, and gaps when you're a Jets team that quite honestly isn't used to having as much scoring depth as a lot of other teams. But this year, this team has had a very much, uh, I would say, next man up mentality, which we're going to talk about why that's actually going to uh, give the Jets some tough decisions down the road. But I will spotlight a couple of performances. I thought Hellebuck in the first game was absolutely brilliant. And in the second game, uh, and also the first game, if we're being honest, the recently recalled Dominic Toninato has been awesome. He's got like three points, I think, in three games or so. He's got a couple of assists. And in today's game, he had a, a really important go-ahead goal where he batted a puck off of a rebound and it just sort of lofted it over Fleury's shoulder, made it 3-2, and it was a lead the Jets would not relinquish, which after all of the drama, all of the chaos, you know, all of the stuff that was said about this game, a really critical win for the Jets, it felt um, kind of like a reminder of who the pecking order in the Central is, right? Like it's it's Colorado, it's Winnipeg, and it's Dallas. And honestly, if you look at the way the Avs have played recently, where it's been a little bit up and down, and there's some legit locker room drama you could argue that Dallas and Winnipeg are very much the clear front runners of this division and the Avs, if they ever get their stuff straight, you know, will probably be a really good playoff threat. But you know what? In terms of the class of the division, the Jets are, you know, at least in the very conversation as being one of the top two teams. So excellent from Winnipeg. 
They are just a point or two shy of first place again. And it feels like with a couple of games in hand on the Avs and stuff like that, you know, the Jets are in about as good a position to potentially take, you know, the the, the divisional crown and really come away with what has been uh, already such a great start to the season. Let's just hope that in 2024, they continue it. Now, I did want to talk a little bit more about the drama between these two teams and sort of what has transpired out of it and what it might mean for the rest of the season in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. As a Ravens fan, I'm used to seeing a team that wins a lot. So for me, you know, an easy money line bet for the Ravens, probably a no-brainer. Maybe you're a Vikings fan, though, and this season has been a little bit more chaotic for you. Obviously, right now, the game against the uh, the Packers hasn't exactly been going well. Uh, so sorry about that. I know that that is tough for a lot of you Vikes fans. But you know what? Maybe they pull a rabbit out of the hat and engineer some sort of amazing fourth quarter comeback. No matter what, though, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us in tonight's episode as we are uh, talking about some of the drama we, we referenced earlier between the Minnesota Wild and Winnipeg Jets. And I wanted to you know, mention what kind of transpired out of that and, and kind of talk about how I thought Winnipeg really handled the response quite well. You know, I'm not somebody who's like a big advocate of fighting and stuff, but I feel like the way the Jets managed the situation and how they played in the second game against Minnesota uh, for me was was impressive for the restraint the Jets showed. Before we get into the details, though, just wanted to shout out our, uh, you know, something that's really cool that the Lockdown Network is doing. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, like I said, circling back to the Jets and Wild, obviously, you know, the Capri Self stuff was, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of blown out of proportion to me. I think because it's a star player and Minnesota just doesn't really have all that many star players. You know, there was this assumption that it was targeted and dirty and malicious. Was it a great cross-check? Absolutely not. It should have been a penalty. Uh, Dylan should have sat for two minutes. But the thing with that kind of stuff is that, honestly, between the whistles, cross-checks happen all the time. Like, on the low end, like 40 or so a game, right? Guys are constantly just taking liberties against each other. It's it's part of the league. It's unfortunate. But it is the way the game is. And I think the the you know the thought process that there was some sort of conspiracy or the Jets were targeting it was a little bit much. And, you know, the way the, the Minnesota Wild fan base and the Jets fan bases kind of reacted online, it was something else, right? Jets fans were kind of trolling mini fans. Minnesota fans were convinced that there was some plot to to kill Kaprizov. I don't know. It was weird. All I can say is <clears throat> the way the teams on the ice actually played, I thought was pretty good. You know, the second game, we didn't really see 
as much dirty stuff. Obviously, Minnesota played a very physical and intense game, and you saw a couple of questionable things from guys like Hartman. Uh, Hartman had a not-so-great hit on Morrissey in the first game anyways, and then, you know, that that cross-check I really hated from, uh, you know, uh, Hartman on the face-off, catching Perfetti right in the face. That one didn't get called, even though it was a pretty clear penalty and actually drew blood. But all that said, otherwise, you know, there was basically one fight at the start, Lowry and Maroon kind of went at it and, you know, they just asked each other, do you know, do you want to settle it now? Let's kind of just do this at the start of the game, get it over with. And then after that, both teams really did focus on the rest of the game. And I think that was a a great thing to see. You didn't really want to see these two games devolve into just an absolute bloodbath, right? It wouldn't really help both, both squads. The Jets don't want more injuries. The Wild simply cannot afford to lose another top-end player. And so the way that they kind of dealt with it, you know, after sort of self-policing and stuff, I thought was probably about as good as you'd, you'd really ask for, right? The Jets recalled Jeffrey Veal, um, but he didn't end up suiting up. So they kept the same lineup. And you know what? The Jets took care of business. Winnipeg got through its fight. And then after that, just generally had a, a good run of play against the Wild. This was a fun and exciting series of games, I think, in terms of setting up a a potential later season rematch where we have a couple more games against Minnesota. It should be a good time for the Jets. I think Winnipeg has, again, proven who is the better of the two teams, even though you can argue Minnesota, you know, definitely down a couple of big players, Brodeen and, you know, uh, Kaprizov obviously missing time. It's tough. And then they lost their number one goalie in Gustafson in the first game after he had some sort of, I don't know, upper body thing. Maybe it was not really made clear what happened. But all that said, you know, you you can point to all those things, and I still don't think it would necessarily change the outcome. I think the Jets are just better. They're deeper. And, you know, seeing the number of depth contributions from some of Winnipeg's more recent arrivals, I think just really shows that this team is built different this year. This, This Winnipeg squad is, you know, really, really legit. So, Overall, really happy the way the Jets handled things. I thought it was professional and classy from both sides. I think, you know, the Jets also made sure to pay tribute to uh, Fleury for his 1,000th NHL game. Congrats to Marc-Andre Fleury for that. That is an incredible uh, career milestone. And despite all the finger pointing and stuff between the fan bases or whatever, the actual games themselves, you know, the the Jets and Wild kind of handled business relatively cleanly, about as cleanly as you can expect, right? So, All in all, pleased with the response, and it's just nice to see the Jets take care of business, you know, relatively uneventfully, Uh, especially because, like, when you get into penalty issues with this team, the Jets don't have these special teams to kill those off, so staying disciplined can be really hard, especially when your blood is boiling, but Winnipeg held their ground, they took care of business, they got two wins, swept the weekend of action, and really showed that they are a team to be feared this year. The Jets are hungry for a cup. They want to have a deep playoff run. And, you know, they were rewarded for it with a sellout crowd on Saturday, which was fantastic. Uh, Sounds like they had another New Year's Eve event tonight at the Canada Life Center that is sold out. It seems like people are getting hyped about the Jets and, you know, about dang time. Because, like, this team, I know in the past, hasn't always been worth spending money on, if we're being entirely honest. But this year, if you're going to the games you're generally going to be treated to something pretty fun and special. So if you haven't gone to a game this season and you're able to uh, financially or otherwise, make sure you try and stop in. They've got some great ticket packages. And honestly, the arena experience just seems like it's getting better and better. The crowds are coming back. So uh, 
all I can say is I am looking forward to what 2024 holds for the Winnipeg Jets. Now, earlier I alluded to something about the Jets maybe having some tougher decisions to make with the roster. I'll talk about, you know, what it might mean for a couple of guys who are sort of fighting for roster spots, some players who are already established and maybe are, are out due to injury and how their fill-ins have kind of handled things. And we'll talk about what this means for the Jets as guys get healthier and how they can navigate what could be some really tough roster choices. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. When it comes to buying tickets, obviously, you all know how difficult it can be, whether it's concerts or sporting events. Just ask me. I just tried to buy Ravens tickets for playoff games. And let me tell you, it was not easy. Uh, just even trying to go to the Ravens game against the Dolphins today was an absolute nightmare. So a lot of you are probably dealing with similar stuff, whether it's going to a Taylor Swift show or maybe even just a Jets game. Game Time knows how annoying and frustrating it can be, and they want to hook you up with the best deals, whether they're last-minute you know, ticket deals, flash sales, what have you. They want to give you the best experience buying tickets possible. They want to take the guesswork out of all of this stuff, and they want to avoid, like, crazy hidden fees. They want you just to have fun and experience whatever event you're trying to get to. And best of all, you know, not only are you getting some of the lowest prices in the industry, you're also getting an in-venue uh, seat view. So you know what you're paying for. They don't want you to go in blind. They want to make sure that you're getting exactly what you pay for and that you are satisfied and happy. They offer a lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and so much more. So if you want to take the guesswork out of buying tickets, with uh, go with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts in tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are checking in with some interesting uh, thoughts about the Jets roster, especially the bottom six. We've had more injuries there recently. Uh, David Gustafson is now on injured reserve. Kupari is slowly working his way back and should be returning to uh, active duty sometime over the next few days. But in the meantime, we've seen a couple of call-ups. And you know what? I've got to say that for once, the call-ups have actually made this roster decision really, really difficult. I never thought I'd see, you know, actually Anson Fialbi and Dominic Toninato actually making decisions very challenging. But that's how good they've been. Like the fourth line especially has been sensational, and we're really seeing, to me, a rejuvenated Toninato and just a really straightforward, effective, almost Brandon Tanov-like performance from AJF, which is interesting because like, when you look at Janssen Fialbi, in the past, I think the main thing that I always thought with him was that he's got great straight-ahead speed. He's a speedy skater. He creates chaos more out of just hard work and, and fighting for second-chance pucks. But oftentimes, the end product wasn't really there. He didn't get into great positions. I didn't feel like he was able to use um, his his speed to like great effect, right? He could beat icings and stuff, and sometimes he'd get a couple of shots on goal. But in terms of being like a consistent pest in the corners and creating danger in the slot area, I didn't really see that as much. Recently, I feel like he's really improved his game. I've noticed him doing a lot more positively. And in terms of actually making use of his 
uh, really top-end velocity. I mean, he's getting into dangerous areas. He scored a couple of goals. And I feel like his overall usage of his line mates has improved. And then, and then there's Toninato, right? Toninato immediately came in and has made an immediate impact. A couple of assists, bagged himself a nice goal. He's, you know, buzzing down low. He's getting into dangerous shooting areas. He's had some really nice setup passes. This is stuff that, quite honestly, I haven't seen from Toninato in a long time. I don't know if his demotion really pushed him to uh, fight harder and, and want to come back, you know, stronger than ever, but he's honestly looking like you can't take him out of the lineup, which, again, I really didn't expect to say with him. Uh, I thought, you know, hey, he's doing pretty well, but, you know, would I expect him to come back to the Jets and look like a guy who's honestly ready to assume the fourth-line center role permanently? No, I did not see that coming. I've really been impressed with this game, and it's, it starts to make challenging decisions when it comes to Gustafson and Kupari. For my thought, I think Gustafson would probably remain, you know, somewhere in the bottom six as a really good option. I wouldn't mind if he's like at least the 13th forward. Uh, I think he should be remaining with the big club. I don't know that I would want to send send him down to the moose. He's got great potential. I think he's still growing as a player and, you know, losing him on waivers or something would be very frustrating if it were to happen. Obviously, you don't really want to lose Toninato or Janssen Fialbi either. I know the Jets have lost Janssen Fialbi before, and then he's come back. I think with how he's playing, though, recently, the Jets would probably lose him again for a good long while. And I don't know that I'd actually want to have that happen. I think he's played well enough to really argue for a longer-term spot. You know, if he does start to waver and, and slow down, maybe you think about swapping him out. But so far, you know, so good. If anyone, I think, uh, is really on the fringe here, it's got to be Kupari. Kupari's been decent, and I've, I've liked his speed and work ethic, but I feel like sometimes the decision-making isn't there. And when you're looking at your best starting 12 up front, I just don't know that Kupari really slides in there. Even as like a 13th forward option, I haven't necessarily seen enough to where I would feel really upset if he were to uh, maybe move down to the moose or something. But I think there's more to his game that we haven't seen yet. I think that it just needs more consistency. If he gets to that stage, you might be having a different conversation. But so far, you know, Toninato and AJF have honestly outperformed him uh, in my mind. And, you know, Baron, he's not coming out. He's too good. Uh, Morgan has been fantastic. He scored like eight or nine goals this season already. He's been a really nice two-way scoring presence in the bottom six. You really can't afford to bench him. With Toninato and AJF, I think they've staked legitimate claims to be starting ahead of both Gus and uh, Kupari, and it's crazy because I love those guys. But I think, you know, with just a small sample size, again, I would not want to change the lineup once they're both back and healthy. So let's keep things as they are and see if they can continue to churn the way that they have. Maybe you look at other players around the roster and see if they're keeping up so far. You know, Winnipeg really hasn't had any weak links that I can really point to other than some moments on defense where maybe the Jets have fallen short or the power player PK have not really gotten the job done. But at even strength in terms of how this roster is built and what they're doing, so far, so good. Really happy with it. And I'd be curious to know who you would want to see draw back in. Do you think one of Gustafson or Kupari should be back in? Would you waive someone? Drop your comments and thoughts in the section below or at my social medias, at HL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. As always, have a great night. Happy New Year's Eve and go Jets go.